it's a story about a person who did bad things. Right. And in order for it to make its point, the person has to do the bad things. The fact that it's it's a, an interactive story. It's a game. Right. So yeah. yeah, you are by proxy doing it. You are by proxy doing it, but not. In the way in which you're supposed to feel guilty, but no, just in the way it's supposed to, oh, the story. I participate in this level of simulated violence all the time. Yeah. And I don't really think about it as it being a big deal. Right. Yeah. And, and maybe it's not a big deal. That's not the point either. The point is just, just consider it. What's up? Welcome back to the State of the Ark podcast. My name is Mike. My name is Kason. And we are here with Sam once again. Welcome back, Sam. Yep. Uh, we're going to we're gonna talk about Spec Ops The Line. This is our final episode on it. We're going to finish up everything today. Um, so, pretty interesting. Uh, we recorded two episodes a couple weeks mm, ago yeah. because the two of us were going to be out of town. And seeing some of the response to the last episode has... It, it surprised me more than I thought it would. <laughs> yeah. And so there's some things I want to go over um, in response to some people offering criticism of the game, particularly on the point that we talked about last time with the, yeah. uh, does the game try to make you feel bad uh, for <laughs> doing what you do? And, and is it really? Yes, but is the game not trying to make you feel bad? Uh, well. <laughs> in some way. Right? Uh, anyway. The I, way that a book makes you kind of feel things. <laughs> There, there, I have a lot that I want to say on this, um, but, also, too, so. <laughs> but also, but uh, also on the point of is it is it actually like a valid defense to say that oh you could just stop playing the game? That's something I want to address as well because mm. um, I don't think these developers wanted you at any point to drop their game and not finish it. Right. So that being um, said, many people do. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm just going to, we're going to go over that at the end. So we're going to have a whole section at the end once we've gotten through everything here um, to address some comments and, uh, and give some responses to that. So just want you guys to know that. Cool. But we left off uh, right after the white phosphorus scene. Right? Uh, it was a little bit after, after the water truck crash. Did we, did we finish that whole yeah, thing? We did oh, that. We did. Yeah. We did. Okay. So we got further than I remembered. Yeah. Um, there, there were a couple of things I think we missed, though, in between. Well, there's there. one big thing, and this was brought yeah. up in episode two from a lot of people, that there was at least one person there who could speak Farsi on that team. Yes, right. And I remember hearing something. I figured it was just really, really basic, just like, oh, hey, let's talk. I didn't know that they really actually spoke like legit spoke Farsi. That all, Once again, I brought this up in, in, on that episode, but it is... Farsi is not the language of Dubai. Yeah, right. More people speak English than Farsi. <laughs> um, right. and, and everyone speaks Arabic. Well, not everyone, but you know, that's the, the, the language of Dubai. So it's, uh, once again, I actually, I was thinking about this and I was wondering why exactly are people speaking Farsi, right? Mm. Now, okay, first of all, let me finish what I'm saying and then I'll get into the whole Farsi thing. Um, then the people respond in English and say, why? So you can kill us too? Right. So we are... That is a communication. They are able to communicate, right? The communication sort of happens. It just escalates to gunfire like very quickly. Yeah. And then at whatever point, it's like, hey, should we talk to these people? And the guy says it's too late for that. Well, in some ways, yes, but it's never too late, right? There's always a choice. There's always um, a choice. But they can sort of speak Farsi, and those other people can speak English. Mm -hmm. So... I don't know. Anyways, we had brought up earlier that they couldn't communicate, but at the very least, at least we know now they just won't communicate. 
And yeah. I believe both parties are responsible on that end. Sure. Um, Farsi, though, this is interesting because he got saved in Kabul, right? Yes, Walker. Now, the language of Kabul is not Farsi. It is, well, I can't remember what it is. It's, um, what is it, Urdu? Or it's, it's a variant of Farsi. It's okay. part of the Persian family of languages, right? Okay. This is evidence for this whole Dubai thing actually not being real to begin with. <laughs> like the mm. whole the whole thing, none of it's real <laughs> because they don't speak Farsi in Dubai, but they do speak something like Farsi in Kabul. Mm. And to the extent that he's got some weird memory issues and he goes into Dubai and wow, everyone's speaking Farsi. Unless the developers just totally got it wrong and they don't mm. know that Farsi is not a common, not a very common language spoken in Dubai. Um, it's, it's so strange that I would say that if, if this was intentional, what it could be saying is something like, this is all, this is all a dream, it's all a dream. to begin with. Mm. Right. This, he is in a not real world. And as we mentioned before, of course, with the rappelling down and down, you, you're on the top of a sand dune. And then before you know it, you're in the 50th story of a building and you've got to go down. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So none of it really makes sense. But the language actually factors into the fact that this whole thing is off, off in a way mm. that that is justifies reality. Hmm. I'm glad you brought that up. That's another thing I kind of wanted to touch on. Yeah. Uh, as I, I went through the game a second time. Oh, good. There are certain things I just cannot logically, they just don't make sense. They don't Yeah, in reality. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's a certain point at which this kind of begins to be true more so. Yeah. Uh, and it's actually after the helicopter crash, so this may go into a little bit more of what you know the writer was talking about where that's kind of where he died or whatever. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about how that changes an interpretation, like how I interpret the story. There's a whole lot to get through, but I think we should probably just first actually finish the summary and get through like all the <laughs> points and then kind of like walk back and, and kind of dig into all that. But that is something I want to touch on, so I'm glad you okay. brought that up. Okay, so I think... I can't remember because, it, again, it's been a couple of weeks. I, I guess we got all the way up through the, well, yeah, that's right, because I talked about how I tried to shoot him in the head and he moved his head at the last second. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Burn alive or whatever. <laughs> Classic, So I guess man. we, we did get up to that point, but I'm, I'm wondering, because <laughs> yeah. there's a couple of things I took notes on mm -hmm. leading up to that that I wonder if we had touched on. Okay. So uh, after the scene with the white phosphorus, you come into that room where all the soldiers are lined up in the chairs. Right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that this is the first time Conrad's voice comes over a radio and this starts talking to you. This is where he sees. It's where he finds the radio on the table or something. Yeah, right. And, right. Picks it up. Yeah. and so, yeah, specifically that radio. That yeah. that's how he's talking to him. That's something that is pointed at in the sort of the closing cutscene of the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this is where. I think it's very important to note that it's right after the guilt of having used the white phosphorus on those 47 innocent civilians that he starts hearing Conrad and and begins to make a justification for now this, I have to do this yes. in order for what I did That's so interesting. to be justified or whatever. Because like, wasn't that when he left after the white phosphorus incident, as he left, it was something like Conrad has to pay for this yes. or something like <laughs> yes. that, right? And it's like, okay, wow. And then just conveniently he finds this thing and, oh, yes. now, hey, I know where Conrad is. Let's go. Yes. Yeah. So it was basically at that point, at that breaking point for them that he starts to actually interact with Conrad. 
Hmm. So there was no interaction with Conrad. There That's was no right. Conrad talking to them nope. or leading them out or welcome to Because there was the way. possibility that Conrad was still maybe a good-ish person up until that point. Yeah, maybe he, he. That's what that's what Walker believed, yes. anyways. And so now he's well, I because th- they're rappelling down right after this. Yeah, and he's like, I thought you knew this guy. I thought I did too. But yeah. this yeah. is all yeah. him beginning to create a new villain. Yes, in his mind. Yeah. Yes. to attach blame to rather than accepting it himself. And, and right? it's a villain based on the things that he did, right? It's yes. like, no, he made me do bad things. Yes. And so it's basically, it's a projection of his internal, mm. like, insecurities. <laughs> well, insecurities yeah. is probably the biggest understatement. <laughs> but it's, it's, the, it's like the, the, the venomous monster lurking in his shadow that he's projecting outwards. And he's like, it's not, it's not me. It's over there. It's this yeah. other thing. Exactly. And yeah. now let's go get it, guys. Don't you all see it too? You see it too, right? Yeah, let's go. And they're like, like they're following him. I'm actually kind of shocked at the extent to which they follow him. And this is my major criticism of this mm. particular twist okay. is that there seems to be no protest from Lugo or Adams that... Yeah. Well, who are, you're, you're pretend, Walker's pretending to talk to someone on a, a radio that and clearly has no batteries has. in it, and they yeah. never raise this no. uh, as an objection or like a reason for, I think he's going crazy, like no. we probably shouldn't keep following him. <laughs> but they have that's to follow fair. him because in Dreamland, they are projections too. Right. They are his well, good that, angel that's, and his bad angel on each shoulder. If, if you're going to, yeah, if you're going to go with that interpretation that the whole thing. If they're speaking Farsi, the this is, is a dream world. <laughs> the thing is, is that I don't think, I don't like that. I, I'm okay, personally, with with interpreting that the everything after the helicopter crash is a hallucination in his dying moments. There's okay. actually some other sort of key pieces of evidence for this. I don't know if you knew this, Sam. I want to kind of point this over to you here. Um on the start screens that change throughout the game, oh, as yeah. uh, you know, over time, yeah, there's moments where you can hear like slow helicopter blades, mm-hmm. kind of in the background, yeah, and then they go that. away. So it it starts right. the very first right. one before you begin the game where the helicopter scene happens. You hear that, then it goes away up until the point where you get to the helicopter scene again much mm. later. Then you oh. start to hear those slow helicopter blades again interesting right okay and we this is something we talked about in jacob's ladder yeah the, the, the helicopter and I was, that's all i'm gonna say I was just thinking for that, now yeah. in order to not spoil that movie but yeah there's something similar with helicopter blades slow helicopter like slow motion helicopter blades there yeah yep and that sort of leads me to think that that was their way of sort of hinting at yes this is like in the in, in the it's moments like a liminal space yeah right uh, where where you're in your dying moments and you're sort of remembering or reliving some things. Yeah. So I think that that could be good evidence for that. So I wouldn't say anything before the helicopter. Well, unless, and this is another sort of theory I have on this, because <laughs> the helicopter crash happens right at the beginning, right? So it crashes, and then it's his mind recounting what happened leading up right to that and and trying to justify what he had just done. Uh, There could be points in there in which he's sort of trying to justify his actions and maybe slightly 
changing how those memories play out in to favor himself or to make himself look better or just yeah. what he's doing. So it yeah. could be that these events more or less happened the way they did, but it may be like those white, those fades to white or something were like moments where it's him sort of like going through that memory, but trying to like justify his actions or make himself look better in all of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Am, am I making any sense at all? It does. It does. Yeah. I just don't. I just once again, I don't know exactly where you um, draw the lines because the white flashbacks happen, but then where does that end? Where does reality come back after the white, the fade, the dip to white? If I'm not mistaken, like does it just fade back into reality and then another I'm, flash? If white? I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong. If you know this, Sam, I don't okay. think there are any flashes to white after the helicopter crash oh, the really? second time. It cuts to black at that point. Oh, I can buy that. And I don't believe there are any more fades to white after that. I can, yeah, okay. So I believe that it's all... That means that's all real and everything else is... No, no, no. <laughs> I, 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 I think... I'm just kind of turning the idea on its head a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I actually I'm, thought it was reverse, but uh, I, I could be wrong on that. I, I thought that most of the transitions after the helicopter crash were to white, but I, I could certainly uh, you there. You could be completely right about that. And I could be totally that because I got <laughs> so confused about the flashes to white. Cause if these are, it, it didn't seem to link up to me or to make sense that he would be hallucinating, say the very freaking beginning. Yeah. Where, they're not a hundred percent consistent. Yeah. Um, like they don't I, I think seem that there's be. a general motif there, but I think that there are some times where like, if you interpret, oh, every single time there's a flash to light, it means that he did just finish or is now starting to hallucinate, then there are going to be some times that doesn't line up. But how else did they determine when to dip to white and when to dip to black? Yeah, because I, I yeah, thought that that was... Certain. That's yeah. the idea, generally speaking. Now, if but, this yeah, was a fan theory... There are a couple times that I was like, oh, I don't know yeah. about that one. See, now, if this was a fan theory... I would agree because it's like, oh, it's not perfect, but it's close, you know. But yeah. this was from the developer, right? Didn't I mean, he I, say? I don't I remember, know. Though that it was from the developer. I'm uh, pretty sure he said specifically in response to executive meddling. Like this was not the original plan. Okay, for the story. okay. So that's right. where some of the variation might come into play, where it's right. not exact, but it's close. Yeah, that's that's the thing okay. about all of it is like that we can talk about it as though there are hallucinations and stuff like that. But when it comes down to it, all of that was essentially entered in afterwards as a response to the requirement to start with the helicopter scene. So like there, there's a honestly, my approach to it is usually just to like not really consider that as part of the, uh, you know, as a canonical explanation or whatever. It's more of a mm-hmm. circumstantial response to something. I think you might be right about that, yeah. But, I mean, that's not to say that that theory doesn't, like, hold water or that we shouldn't talk about it or whatever. Like, personally, I don't really hold to it, and I don't feel much need to hold to it since it was, you know, a frustrated response to meddling rather than an actual, like, originally planned element of the story. Sure. Yeah, and, like, what I came to in trying to, like, piece this all together (laughs) was, like, this part of it doesn't really matter so much to me as say sort of the core um, thematic elements we've been talking about, about, uh, you know, the idea that uh, when you come into a situation like he did and and going against the training, I think we had another patron here who's served in the military who in other discussions on on our Discord has talked about how Walker's like the worst soldier on earth. Like, <laughs> like this is so against like what he 
would have been trained to do. Uh, either he was trained like so poorly that it's just totally unacceptable, or uh, yeah, Beardmo who's here with us. So th this is kind of where, and I don't want to get too much into theorizing like what's really going on. <laughs> I think it's interesting to talk about, but I do ha I did get the sense that if we're going to take what happens after the helicopter crash, which I don't think is in reality that much. Like you, you go all the way up to where they destroy the tower where the radio man is. Um, and then the crash happens after that. Everything that happens after that is just Walker just beelining it to the, the, the big tower in the distance and wanting to, you know, take out Conrad. Yeah. Um, so there's not really a lot of plot that happens after that point. And it's, you know, he has his big hallucinations where, you know, he's starting to be told by Conrad, you know, this really was your fault. You know, you're trying to deflect the blame. So there's not a lot of plot that happens after that. All that plot happens before, um, as far as events arriving in Dubai, uh, getting involved, starting to fight against the 33rd, you know, yeah. learning about the CIA's role, um, you know, the whole plot to take the water and it was really to destroy it and everything else. Um, so I could see him dying in that helicopter crash, not being some sort of way of explaining the whole thing was a dream, right? It's like everything up to that point was real. And then everything that happens after that, his acceptance of what he did or not, depending on what you choose to do at the end, is what's happening in his mind in his dying moments. And I don't think there's that much plot afterwards that is technically a dream if you look at it that way. Um, does that make sense? Do, do, I don't know if like, because you had brought up last time that you don't like that interpretation. Is Does that still bring up oh, problems I mean, it, for how you read it? It makes sense. I it, It's more of a preference for me, if I'm being honest. Like I, it, it, it works. It also works generally, I think, to consider it all as something that actually happened. It's, it's yeah. more a matter of which interpretation you like more. And I think that it's important too to note that like this is a thing for stories in general but especially for stories like this one that something not being realistic or likely is not necessarily an argument for it being fake or even yeah. for it being a mistake like yeah. these this is very very true of uh heart of darkness and apocalypse now also mm. like there is a lot of uh, like, yes, these are stories about characters traversing a literal place, doing literal actual things with literal actual people, but there's also a lot of metaphor within that. The landscapes of all of these stories are basically metaphors for going further and further down into human depravity and away yes. from, like, the yeah. collective moral judgment and civilization and stuff. And so you have these scenarios where hmm. something happens that is not entirely realistic, like, you know, being on a sand dune and then coming out at the top of a skyscraper... <laughs> and that's not to say this is fake. Like, like you can present that as what is really actually happening in the story without the presentation of it necessarily being realistic because the point is to present the story in a way that is thematically, narratively, metaphorically compelling. So, like, in my mind, at least, there are a lot of... Or, or uh, Walker, for that matter, like, you're right, a soldier, pro like, with actual training, probably would not have done what Walker did. Walker did what he did because that's what we do in a video game, in a shooter game, is we yes. see a problem, we keep shooting, we keep moving forward, we keep going, 
and we don't think too hard about why. Yeah. Like, yeah. that is a decision that, yeah, if we're trying to look at it as a story that makes logical sense on all levels, then that doesn't necessarily connect, but it does match with what the story is trying to accomplish. Sure. And I think that we can view it as something that happens in a, you know, literal interpretation of the story without saying, well, this doesn't make sense, thus it must be fake in the story's canon. Yeah, so that's right. more of my approach. Like, there are a number of, you know, like, inconsistencies or something like that, some of which I think are definitely intentional, and some of which I'm not sure if they were, like the Farsi thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but I, I, I guess in my mind, that doesn't, like, my mind doesn't immediately go to, well, it must not be real then. It just goes to, you know, there are a lot of elements of this that, even if they literally happen in the story, aren't necessarily meant to be a realistic thing that would happen if this happened in real life, but something that is contributing to the overall point, especially with the meta commentary. Some things yeah. just wouldn't make sense, but they're trying to make a point about video games. So there's a degree to which it's going to behave like a video game. And that's yeah. not always how real life logic goes. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know. That's, that's my approach for it. I like that. Again, I like that explanation. I think that, that's good. Yeah. And again, that's not to say that, you know, the theories about it being fake or whatever, especially since, you know, Walt Williams did, espouse one himself are like wrong or anything just that my personal <laughs> preference is, is more the other direction <laughs> cool. yeah you know i think that walking that line between what their meta commentary was about the way we approach violence in games as a reward you know all that stuff we've talked about previously yeah versus trying to tell a story about fictional literal events that happened in this version of dubai and whatnot um I think I think there's an I think you're getting at the heart of what I believe the intention was, hmm. um, but I do think that it that in doing so it cr confused some people and created yep. some of the criticism that we've been sort of like talking about, um, where people are taking this like super personally, like <laughs> oh these people are trying to tell me I'm bad because I played right. their video game that they made and you know use this white phosphorus that they gave me no choice not to use and now they're trying to like preach at me about how awful a human being i am in real life and i don't think that was the meta message and i'll get into no. why later i don't think that was I, I i actually find that with all due respect patently absurd it seems totally obvious to me that that's not what they're trying to say to their players but I do think that in this melding of the meta story that they're trying to tell and this fictional story about Walker they're trying to tell, it, it blurs some lines in a way that confused some people might have actually contributed to creating the idea in people's minds that this was what they were trying to say. That the meta commentary, the meta story was like the real thing, the real message of what they were trying to say. Yeah. And, and I think there's more nuance to that, to it than that, but... We'll, we'll, it's one of we'll those things, like, I, I think that happens a lot within media in general. Like, I think of The Matrix and how, like, there are a lot of people who drastically misunderstand The Matrix, oh, right? Oh, sure, yeah. And, like, I understand why, you know, like, taken in isolation, the whole red pill, blue pill thing could stand for literally any, like, hey, here's the hard reality and here's the easy ignorance. And that right. could just apply to anything. But taken as a whole, like, man, I can't tell you how many... Uh, sermons i heard because i was raised in church saying like oh the the red pill is accepting the truth of god and stuff like that and then i'm actually <laughs> uh, no like, wait wait wait, wait. This is the most postmodern thing I've hold like on ever seen. It's absolutely <laughs> not like a christian message 
No, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the red pill is the fruit for the forbidden fruit because he's in the Garden of Eden where everything's all perfect and happy. And Morpheus <laughs> is like, eat this fruit, and then you will be able to. Your mind will be open, right? It's that literally the opposite. It's the opposite <laughs> of what your preacher said. Yep. But yeah, like we have a lot of these situations where there's this thing that is nuanced enough that people can look at it on a surface level and get it completely wrong. <laughs> And then, huh. but then there are layers below that. And then in situations like this, it's especially difficult because that surface is meant to like, to trigger you emotionally, essentially. And I don't mm. mean to like use that word, you know, that's an actual like yeah. psychological term. Right, I don't mean right, to use right. it flippantly, but like th this is meant to engage you on a level that does make you uncomfortable. And yes, right. for a lot of people that will understandably trigger an emotional response before it triggers like, oh, well, okay, I'm going to de delve deep into exactly what this is saying, you know? So like, I understand yeah. on some level, but I do agree with you that like, it's a, a patently incorrect way to look at the game. And I'm sure we'll talk about that a lot sure, as, yeah. as we continue. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, I do need to go for just a second, but I'll be You're good. Okay, you're go good. Ahead. You're good. Um, right. I wanted to bring up... Um, Pan's Labyrinth in our analysis of Pan's Labyrinth. Something uh, yes. similar to this is like, what's real? What's not? What's yes, what's yes, not real? Yes. Like what? And I, I really like uh, Sam's response uh, there because it's like, it's not so super supremely important to the interpretation of the story to, un to know what is technically yes. real and technically not. Yeah. Right. Central to the message is, is a lot of, um, I don't know, the way that the uh, game is able to convey its message is very effective. And mm -hmm. whether or not the game is super consistent in uh, helping you to understand what part is dream world and what part is, <laughs> is like real life um, yeah. is not that relevant. Because I mentioned in the Pan's Labyrinth um, review that we did that I'm not super interested in the question of yeah. what was real and what wasn't, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, a game like this happened, like, I'm curious about it, but it's not that important um, relative to what the game's saying. Because, like, Alice in Wonderland or whatever, like, you can have a you can have a completely crazy story, and it's like, well, did that actually happen or not? Or, like, a Majora's Mask or something mm. like that. And it's like, well, yes, it actually happened in a way, and that's all that you need to know, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, the packaging of events in a metaphorical or in the way that it is presented to us in a dreamlike manner, uh, that's the way they chose to present it. But that doesn't mean the whole thing is completely a dream. Yeah. Uh, but I really appreciate the um, artfulness in the way that they decided to tell this story. Sure. Very meaningful. I, I kind of came to the same conclusion today as I was sort of, you know, cleaning up my notes and stuff. It's like... Yeah. I was getting a little bogged down and trying to figure that out. And it's like, <laughs> it's, it's really not the point. And it's I, I not. don't, I'm not sure that it's that important to like, exactly have figured that out. And, and it just yeah. kind of opens up many ways to interpret the story, which can be fine. Um, yeah, as yeah, long sure. as you're getting, as long as it's being communicated, like the real central point, which I think is uh, maybe even in some people's opinion too strongly or too on the nose in how it basically delivers that and yeah. we'll get into that too. But okay. I just wanted to bring all that up. So when we finish uh, the, the, the water yeah. scenario, right? Um, yeah. you're, you've been separated from Adams and Lugo. You hear them uh, over the comms. And it, Lugo has been sort of, he's like being held at gunpoint. And you sort of come up and, and you help them out of that situation. You keep fighting forward. And this is where the first, like, really major hallucination happens, right? 
where you, there's like that heavy soldier in that room and the lights start like flickering yeah the on flashing and off. lights yeah yeah and you're like shooting at him but it's just a mannequin it's and a mannequin like, what the heck and yeah you know, that was over here very so it's it's the first like major event where you can see that walker is basically broken psychologically at this point yeah. like totally yeah. just he's lost yeah. it right it's one of the this, things that I find really interesting about this game, like uh, structurally, because it is far from the only game to be, uh, you know, normal action game and then turn into a horror game on some level. Like right. I, I think back to yeah. like Halo or a bunch of others, but um, it is interesting because it doesn't like. There are a few scenes that I would say are horror adjacent in terms of their actual presentation, but most of the time it's still a military shooter, aesthetically speaking. Mm -hmm. But like structurally it becomes more of a horror game suddenly we're dealing less with you know oh we have to go and accomplish the thing by shooting the guys and more with you know what is even real with things getting increasingly uh dire and and violent and uncertain you know it, it really turns yeah. into a horror story in relatively like subtle foundational ways instead of outward ones yeah it's, right it's really interesting yeah, it's it was yeah. a really cool moment and one that I definitely wasn't was. expecting. Well, this was, was it. the the most Silent Hill two moment yeah. of the whole game so far. <laughs> yeah, especially sure. given that they're mannequins, right? It's just like whoa. Oh yeah, through those connections. Uh, and then at the end of this sequence, you end up um, basically interrogating a soldier. What was his name? Josh something. Anyway, his name isn't that important. The important part is that Walker is like super over the line aggressive and, and like yeah. willing to kill him and yeah. like he's just totally lost it um let me see if i can find the note here his uh like in-game dialogue and uh executions and stuff have been getting yeah. a lot more like we mentioned this before but it does get increasingly yeah. it, it isn't even especially as bad at as this part at this point but like yeah it does take a sharp turn after the uh white phosphorus and really start progressing yeah, I mean yep. it's it's definitely after that scene exactly. Because he, fact, there's a couple he's of blaming things. them for everything he's done. Yes. So yeah. the more that we, the more that Walker turns into a monster, the more that he projects that monster onto his enemies as he's fighting. Mm. So he's killing monsters now. It's like like legit monsters. He feels no remorse. Yeah. So I took a couple notes uh, right after the scene where. The two guys were hanging, and he, he tried to give you a choice of which one to kill. Oh, yeah. We, um, we didn't, I do, we didn't I do have that. some thoughts on that, but keep going. Okay. Yeah, there there's a scene after that where you're fighting your way, and a sandstorm comes through, right? And they end up having oh, to take yeah. shelter in this sort of empty tanker. Yeah, and I took the dialogue down. I know you're listening, Colonel, so hear this. This war is over. Dubai will be evacuated, and you will be relieved of your command. So he is inventing a new justifiable reason yeah. to continue. Now, in order to make all of this worth yeah. what we've done. So he can still be a hero. I've got, yes, I've yeah. got to take Conrad down because he's yes. the one who set up this whole scenario. And then it's, evacuate all the people out. Yes. Right? Which Conrad tried and apparently a lot of people died. Yes. <laughs> so once again, yeah. he's taking a low probability success route to heroism. Yes. Uh, once again, where it's like. Probably not going to work out the way and you think. What I think is so crazy about this is that at no point before the white phosphorus scene had Walker talked badly or even thought badly about Conrad. He he re, re, he had respect for him. He admired him. Yes. He thought he was a good man. Yeah. It's only right after the white phosphorus scene, right, that he all of a sudden feels 
personally betrayed by him. Yep. And that the whole reason he went oh, through gosh. all of oh, this Oh gosh, I got, I got was, the meme. I got the meme. Go for it. You know, that three-part meme with the guy's riding a bike and he's holding a stick and then he puts the stick yeah, in, in the his, spokes in his own and tire. then he falls yeah. down. <laughs> and then the last part would be, dang it, Conrad. Oh, that, that <laughs> stupid Conrad, it's his fault. Yeah, that's basically exactly what's going on. And so he's, Conrad's not even alive anymore, we know, mm-hmm. right? So if we're, we're taking this into account, he's imagining receiving calls from Conrad, sending him on to do all these other awful choices and other yeah. things that oh, totally invented those two guys that were hanging. Were and just moral, moral, what would you call it? Morally ambiguous choices, right? Yeah. Like who should die, yeah. him or him? Or, yeah. And yeah, that's, I think that's a big part of it because he's, he's having a moral dilemma moment right now yes because of everything he's done and he's trying to explore all the all the ways that you can still morally kill people right oh well what if they did a wrong thing and who do you kill yeah see it's like you know morality is ambiguous right it's not like you know set in stone and so he's trying to convince himself yes that moral morality morally speaking he's still sort of justified yeah just an endless practice of the fallacy of sunk cost. It's just yeah. like, he just <laughs> yes. cannot accept yes. what has happened, right? And he's got to continue yeah. to, okay, well then I've got to do this. And we, we talked about that last time quite a bit, so I won't get into that. But he's just, he's using this, he's inventing this now. This is not like a thing that's actually happening. He's inventing. Yeah, I like that. I think that's Completely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On a person he, he's uh, who he previously admired and respected. He's mm. now turning that person into a villain to do anything he can not to accept that he, what he did was uh, his fault or that, you know, it was his choice or or whatnot. So you start to see that in all of his communications to Conrad, he'll, he'll keep calling him and he kind of gets further and further. Uh, Even later on, if you're listening, Colonel, here's what happens now. I'm going to kill every last one of your men and then I'm going to kill you. Sergeant Lugo is dead, and for that I will give no quarter, right? So, like, increasingly, even his communications with Conrad become more and more, like, unhinged and just, like, driven by revenge. But it's all of this idea that he totally invented, that a dead person who's not even involved anymore was the cause of all of this and and led me to do this, right? I I could almost think that um, the way that Walker views Conrad is uh, the evolution of the way that Walker views Conrad is the evolution of the way that Walker views himself. Mm. That as soon as he has stepped over the line of the point of no return, um, specifically with the white phosphorus, although you could argue it happened well before that, um, all of a sudden it's like Conrad's a bad guy and Conrad becomes more and more of a villain all the way up until the end. And of course, what we learn at the very end is that Conrad is gone and then you have the choice looking in the mirror of facing your own demons because Conrad is you, basically. Yes, exactly. Okay, so I, I do have uh, to say real quick the choice uh, with the two hanging men. Um, yes, that's good. I find very interesting because it is it's one of two of my favorite choices in the game, and the reason is because it is very much the definition of a choice that doesn't like affect anything. There is no long term consequence, regardless of what you do. But hmm. there are a lot of options that are not there. Conrad, or that aren't like explicitly made known to you. Conrad says like, oh, which one do you want to shoot? You can shoot one of them. You can also shoot the ropes to Mm -hmm. let them down. You Mm -hmm. can refuse to shoot them and just keep walking, at which point snipers will try and fire on you. Right, Like there are multiple ways that you can interact with that choice that are not made explicitly clear by the Mm -hmm. game, which is really, I think, 
a, a really good distillation of what the choices are here for in the first place, because they're not here to let you do something different. In fact, I would argue that letting you do something different, I, I think we talked about this a bit before, would like ruin the point, right? Like, sure. oh, it'll let you be a good moral invader let you, of this let land. Let you save like, no. everybody, yeah. Yeah, like it, it hmm. you know, all of this is bad. That's the point. If you could make it good, it would ruin everything. But so, so the choice doesn't change things or allow you to be something different, but it does encourage you to think more deeply about what's happening in the game than the game is necessarily letting on that you can, which is much of the point, right? You're, this game exists to try and like, you know, trick you and then reveal its trick in a way that makes you think that you might want to think a little more deeply about this sort of thing. And that is what choices like this offer that like, you could just do what the game says, but there are other options too. Other but ways there to are other options. You would have to actually think, oh, well, maybe I can do this instead in order to actually have access to. Sure. So yeah. I just, I, also, I think it's also, example. you could turn off the game. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're just gonna kidding. talk okay, about keep that. going we're keep gonna going. talk okay, about we'll that later. Pre pretend okay, i didn't say so that so this leads up to you interrogate this guy he yeah. says something about like um you can't do this you know like you can't do what you're he's like i can do whatever i want so he's no longer following any yeah. sort of code or like rules of engagement or anything like that he's just full-on like he's gonna murder whoever he has to to get to conrad so the guy reveals that the radio man is in that tower over there which leads our guys over to go. Um, they basically want to use the broadcasting system the Radio Man is using yeah. to try to let people know, hey, we're here to evacuate you. Get out. Yes. But as you go in there, and as uh, he, the Radio Man's holding a little white flag. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> I did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like smoking. He's holding, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he, of course, you know, kind of just joking, you know, being snarky or whatever. Yes. So Lugo sort of explains you know, asks for an explanation of how this works and how do I boost yeah. the signal and how far can it really get? And he, he shows them how to do it. Okay, you're yeah. on the air, you're live, you know, talk, say whatever you want to say. And then as soon as he's done that, Lugo just like pops him right in the head. Yep. Um, and then he tries to justify that action. I did what was necessary. Like, and so like they're, yeah. they've all just like, they've all freaking lost it. Yes. Um, <clears throat> well, I will say it almost feels like Adams has an opposite. Yeah, like, that's true. Adams Lugo maybe definitely, not so much. I, I view Lugo and Adams as essentially two opposites that, over the course of their character arcs, crisscross and go you, to the yeah, other side. Yeah, I think you mentioned like, that Lugo, in your video. Yeah, Lugo starts off as being just you know very jovial, and he's the one with more of a conscience. Adams is more of the like, oh, well, I'm going to follow orders. That's what I'm going to do. doesn't really matter if I think it's right or wrong or whatever. But right. over time, like Lugo wasn't cheery because he was more sane or whatever he was cheery because that's how he covered over the fact that he murders people for a living right like yeah, right, he right. wasn't healthily dealing with it yeah and as this gets worse and worse and worse his mental state and his moral compass declines whereas adams eventually gets to a point where he starts taking more issue with what walker is doing and then eventually like basically gets himself killed for the mm. sake of like I mean, even when he does that, he still does it in a way that allows his commanding officer to continue forward. Like, he still can't break those rules or whatever. But right, it right. is pretty clearly like, you know, I don't want to be part of this anymore. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to do one last thing to help my CO, but that's going to be it. I'm out. Like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they, they have kind of these situations where they almost switch places as they decline. Hmm. Yes. Because it was Adams like who was calling for using the white phosphorus and mm -hmm. Lugo who was against it. And then yeah. at this point now, yeah, you're right. They've they've kind of 
That's wild. reversed a little bit. So uh, as as Walker gets on and tries to explain, okay, we're here to evacuate you. Like he hears the voice of Conrad again, um, telling basically, it's like I've tried this is impossible. If you're not going to learn from my mistakes then you've left me no choice and there's a helicopter there that starts shooting at you. So there's a big, exciting sequence to escape that tower. In doing so, you get into a helicopter yourself, you and just it, just destroy the entire tower and like blow it all the way. Yeah. You're killing just like thousands of freaking soldiers yeah, and people at this point. Um, and then we have the actual helicopter crash, which we've kind of all gone over. This could or could not be the point yeah. where Walker dies and is trying to justify his actions in his mind through the events that come after this. Um, so he sort of wakes up, and I wrote uh, that he sees the Eye of Sauron. Of yes, course. of course. Um, it's it's just fire surrounding that big tower. I think it's supposed to be what's the name of it? The, the tallest, the Burj uh, Dubai, the Burj Khalifa. Um, the Burj Khalifa. The Burj Khalifa. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it. supposed yeah. to be that, but they don't call that's it that it. in the game. They yeah, call, I think they call it not the, like. It's like on the coast and separated from the rest of the towers, which is not right. how it. You know, like they actually, are utilizing yeah. it that way, but it's mm. not actually like a realistic. Lee, you know, this is not as Athens Creek, right? They didn't like realistically create sure. <laughs> <Yes>. Dubai. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Yeah, exactly. To, uh, Mix is bringing up, of course, there's a Tower of Babel symbolism going on here. Um, uh, very interesting. So, but but the Tower of Dubai, I think, is what they call it, and that's where they're going to. That that's where um, Conrad is supposed to be, like the headquarters of the the thirty third, right? Yeah. So uh, he says, I, sh- I should say, Conrad says to Walker, Captain Walker, can you hear me? Hear me? Colonel, open your eyes, Walker. I need you to see what you've done. Dubai should have died long ago. We were ordered to abandon these people. Instead, we chose damnation. And then there's another voice Mm -hmm. as a person starts walking towards you. Not all of us. Uh, Who's there, says Walker. One of your victims, the one who was just following orders. But you gave us no choice. There was always a choice. You just screwed it up. I tried to save you. Deep down, you knew we all had to die. This wasn't my fault. And then Captain Hope, you know, Lugo, he's like hallucinating Lugo. And then Conrad says, there were over 5,000 people alive in Dubai the day before you arrived. How many are alive today, I wonder? How many will be alive tomorrow, given the water situation? situation? I thought my duty was to protect the city from the storm. I was wrong. I have to protect it from you. Um, so then that hallucination kind of goes, kind of goes away. You join up with Adams again, but you hear Lugo, he's in another place. And well, hold on. Is this the hallucination where you see, where he says, welcome to hell? Or does that happen a little bit later? I took where everything's the dialogue on dialogue and I didn't. Like everything's on fire. That, All of a sudden everything's black and charred and on fire. And it basically says, welcome to hell. And you're seeing. I think that's later because, because that's later. Okay. Just, you know, like the tower with the fire coming, you know, off of right. towards you or okay. whatever. Yeah. And that yeah. is different from everything being on fire. But yeah, I think that's okay. Yeah. So yeah, Adams and Walker are now trying to get their way to Lugo who ends up being lynched by a mob of people. Yeah, right? that was crazy. Um, and the, yeah. the choice that you're given here is you can fire into the crowd or you can fire at the ground or in the air to sort of scare them away. Right. Yeah. Um, it's worth noting too. You can also just stand there and let them pelt you with rocks until you die. Oh, sure. Right. Like, that's that's, an, that's there's not a so way to many progress, but you know, yeah. like there's so many this is different ways scenario that... where it doesn't. You know, like oh, you know, the Paragon choice, fire in the air, or Renegade, <laughs> shoot at them. Like it just yeah. leaves you there to do what you will. 
Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's actually cool. I didn't even consider that. That's another. You know, you could just accept the punishment for what you've done at that point, I guess. But you wouldn't be able to beat the game that way, right? Nope. You'd have to right. um, do one of the other things. Yeah. So, uh, I, oh, there was a line of dialogue actually before you get to Lugo. I guess Lugo has a broken arm, right? So mm-hmm. Adam says, um, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure he's going to live through this. And Walker's like, it's a broken arm. We've both lived through worse. He's like, you know that that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. And, and Walker's like, okay, well, you got something in your mind. Like, go ahead and say it. It's like this whole mission is like effed up like we just took out a tower full of american troops in a helicopter shooting this freaking gatling gun or whatever we just like yeah. just destroyed this whole tower and killed who knows how many american troops we just killed Th- this is insane at this point mm. it's like they didn't leave us any choice you didn't leave us any choice what happened to us man it's like nothing we're soldiers it's like oh okay i see my mistake I really, really liked that response from Adams. Like, oh, it's because we're soldiers. He's you know? he's dehumanizing himself. Yes. Right. Yes. He's like, oh, we're not we're not people. We're just soldiers. <laughs> oh, soldier. Oh, yeah. Okay, soldiers can do that stuff. People yeah. shouldn't do that, but soldiers yeah, can. Exactly. I think there's this yeah. element too of like uh, the mentality of just like following orders, essentially being sort of like Justified. paralleled with what the player is doing. Right, because yes, yes. like that's a very similar thing. Like we're just doing what the game's saying to do. We're just pushing yeah. forward, doing what it says. And I think that that concept of like the mentality of I am here to do what the person in charge is telling me to do is being, you know, compared to this mindset of the player. I'm here to do what the game is telling me to do, yeah. and that that will be, you know, rewarded. That that's what I'm supposed to do. And it's kind of yeah. trying to say in both cases, like no, not necessarily. <laughs> yeah, very yeah, good. Yeah. I agree with that. I think that's 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 a really good point. Okay, so now you get to the kind of the final section here. There's a ton of guys to kill. Um, oh, there's some good lines though. Um, this, there are so this a lot is after of good lines from this point in the game. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So it says after Lugo is dead, the whole line I, I referred to earlier, where they're making their way. If you're listening, Colonel, here's what happens now. I'm going to kill every last one of your men. All that stuff, and then you and Adams are kind of like bunkered down behind some cover or I say you, I mean Walker. And Walker says, you okay? And he says, do I look okay? What happened to Lugo isn't our fault. Don't mm. tell me what I already know. Lugo's blood is on your hands, <laughs> not mine. <laughs> it's like, Conrad deserves to die. You know that, like, come on. And what do we deserve? Well, I think we know both know the answer to that. Right? So you both deserve to die. So what are you doing? Yes, <laughs> and, exactly. And everyone else is just collateral as you yeah. both like careen towards your fates yeah no it's just ridiculous but here's my line uh, for that oh go ahead you first sam oh just the cognitive dissonance at this point is becoming Uh, strong enough that even walker can't completely block it out right yeah (laughs) right yeah and yeah knowing that you deserve death but being like oh i'm not but i'm not gonna die until i kill that other guy right yeah um that line conrad deserves to die and my note on that says well some that live deserve death, and hey, some, I, I some that die thing. deserve Can you life. Give it to them, Walker. <laughs> <laughs> Do not be so eager to deal out death and judgment. Even the very wise Can cannot see all ends. see all ends, which was more or less your point early on, which is like these assumptions mm. that were wrong that yes. you're just digging deeper on. It's like even 
even the very wise cannot see all ends. Like, so you don't think that you are so correct, so completely right, and especially if you're killing people about it. Yes. Don't yes, think that especially. you're so completely right that you can see all ends when even even the the wisest can't. Yes. Great. And how many how many people do you have to kill to actually get the one that actually deserves it? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. Um, I also wrote Walker ends up hallucinating Lugo as one of the heavy enemies here. Yes, and and, and previously um, we hallucinated Adams as a character that we oh, basically yes. killed, just like yeah. punch him in the face yes, like right. a thousand times. Yes, um, another scenario which is where so... you can choose to dead, just die instead. But yeah, oh, yeah. that's right, because it'll kill. Oh, because he'll, kill he'll you. shoot you. That's yeah, right. that's yeah. why we do it. Uh, but then Adams shows up and he's like, whoa, what's wrong with you? And it's just like, oh, he took me off guard. I just, yep. I didn't realize, you know. Yep. Um, but it's so interesting because now we hallucinated Adams' face and then we kill Adams, basically. We kill him. And then, oh, but it wasn't really him. Now we're hallucinating Lugo's face on somebody and we've got to kill him too. This is like the internalizing the fact that at, le- at the very least by proxy or maybe um, in a roundabout way, Walker is responsible for Adams and Lugo dying, mm-hmm. right? He, it's, he he killed them, so yes, to speak. Yes, in the uh, in the um, Bohemian Rhapsody sense, Freddie Mercury sense. That's what I meant. <laughs> worth noting too that the uh, and I don't think this is particularly deep necessarily, but I think it's interesting that uh, if the heavy soldier with Lugo's voice kills you, and you have to replay that segment, that hallucination doesn't happen again. Really? Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. It, it, it just That's happens very cool. the, the first time. But after that, wow. you know, it's already happened. You're not going to relive that same hallucination at that point. You're just, right. you know, it's just some random heavy guy. There's no extra Crazy. dialogue or anything. Because yeah. it's a hallucination. So, yeah. of course, it wouldn't happen again. <laughs> right. Oh, that's crazy. That's awesome. That's really dude. interesting. That's a really, really cool point. Yeah. Um, okay. So, after that, this is where we, like you talked about earlier, Adams begins losing his mind. I don't yeah. want any part of this anymore. Like, because they're, they're being asked to surrender, and yeah, uh, yeah. they get surrounded. Basically, Walker decides to do it because he thinks it might be the best way to actually get into to the to get tower. into the tower. Yeah, and he's just like, "What are you doing? Like, no, like, stop! This is crazy." And he's like, uh, "As long as I'm breathing, I think he says, like, uh, the mission's not over." Um, right. So he's just—he has a couple of really. But what pointed, mission? What mission? I know he assigned right? himself yeah. this mission. Yeah. Ah, jeez. Uh, so like, uh, what does he say? Adam says, um, "For F's sake, give it up. The mission is over. We failed. Not while I'm still breathing. Fine, then keep breathing. Then he pushes him over. Yeah, like, and then turns and <laughs> cover fires. Yeah." <laughs> Yeah. And oh, then man. he's ju- he's just ready. He's just done. I'm not doing this anymore. Like, fine, you go, but I'm done. Yep. Um, so he dies there. And then as Walker is approaching the tower, the 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 remnant, the last few soldiers of the 33rd, they all salute as he enters. <sighs> and they're like, Captain Walker, uh, we're <sighs> all that's left of the damn 33rd, and we surrender. So yeah. Dubai is yours. <laughs> Walker yeah, and Conrad have become one. Mm-hmm. I love the setting for this. Uh, yeah, because the, you the enter water. the tower yeah, literally like underwater, and on one level, I love it because it is calm and serene, but it's also oppressive, it is. right? Like you have yeah. the literal ocean on either side of you. Yeah, and there's glass. sharks and there's fish. Yeah, and yeah. 
Yeah, so like it is simultaneously more calm and, and beautiful and serene than pretty much anything else that's happened in the game so far. Yes, and it totally. also feels like, you know, it could crash in on you at any time. But also, yes, I thought that because you have a gun, one bullet, yeah. and that whole yeah, glass we, structure, yeah, all true. that water comes down on you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then also just like, on that motif of downward motion, we yes. are literally below sea level now. We're like, at the bottom of the sea. down as we can go mm. here. And just, I, it's cool. I like it. I, I love that. Area. I love that, too. Uh, one other line, because I guess we just missed this somewhere. I don't know okay. exactly where this was. I believe it was after the helicopter crash, but it could have come a little bit later. Um, but basically, it's uh, I believe it's Conrad who says, welcome to hell. It's all, as soon as you're hallucination, you're walking around just the normal city. And all of a sudden, boom, it flashes white, and everything's on fire. All the cars, uh-huh. everything's on fire. And then the radio says, welcome to hell, basically. Mm. And this is further evidence to... The uh, to complement the idea that he's dead, right? Yeah, right. He just died. Yeah. He he has been judged and he has been sent uh, mm-hmm. where he belongs. Now another, um, well, uh, there's two different versions of of hell in like uh, ancient Hebrew um, cosmology. How would you put that? Theology. Theology. Um, where one of them is um, Sheol, which is more like dry. It's like a dry desert. The yeah. other one is Teom which is wet. It's like the, the, the fountains of dissolution, basically just like the well of, of primordial water from whence everything was created. You're just dissolved back into that. Right. And there's like those two places. And we basically march through shale, which is, um, uh, outlined in like the books of Enoch. They kind of talk about what shale's right. like, and it's basically this game, <laughs> uh, just <laughs> deserts and death and just rocks and, and all that stuff. And then we enter into literally the bottom of the ocean, which is like the bottom of like the, uh, the waters of sure. Taom basically. Yeah. Yeah. And that's anyways, it's, it's really interesting, but the coolest part about it is that as you mentioned at first, Sam, and I love that you mentioned this cause I actually had not even realized we go all the way down, 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 all the way through through Dubai. You're always making these prolonged downward motions. You never make a prolonged upward motion until this point. You get into this building. Everyone salutes you. You're at the bottom of the bottom. You're literally at the bottom of the ocean surrounded by water, right? And then you take this long elevator ride. Yep, just going like up, 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 up. And what I love it is that you're going up towards consciousness you're going back up towards the something more along the lines of like the real world so to speak right like you're you're journeying back out of the depths of your mind back all the way back forward so that you can finally learn the actual truth and this is where you have to confront yourself right right. and he's he wasn't doing that he kept going down down deeper deeper into the unconscious mind all the way down to like the literal depths of hell and now he is taking the ascent back up to consciousness and we'll see if he can deal with uh, what that entails, basically. Yeah, bringing right. the unconscious, as Carl Jung mentioned, bringing the unconscious back up to the conscious, right? And be careful when doing that. Like when you go uh, fishing on the ocean of your unconscious mind, be careful that your catch doesn't drag you under yeah. as opposed to you pulling it up. Um, because if you pull something up from your unconscious mind that's too big, it'll actually pull, you, pull down. you down. Um, so anyways, that's what's happening. We're going up, we're on our way up, and we're about to deal with uh, with the truth of the matter. Yeah. Anything, um, which we like see at the top. That might be the most Silent Hill 2 thing about the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. You know, there because is the that end. Stuff, but then also, yes. like, because Silent Hill 2 also has that bit where you go down at a the end. set of stairs, and then you yes. jump jumping down a bunch of holes, and then you open a door, and you're just back on the street. Like, totally, yeah, right. totally. Right. This is yeah, so totally. similar to that, but also, at the end of Silent Hill 2, there is that prolonged upward movement. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, very similar to what's happening here. Yeah. So I took down basically all the dialogue from the ending here. It's all 
fantastic. So, so we're just going to kind of kind of go through all of this here. So, well done, Walker. You've done what the storm could not. Destroyed the damn thirty third. Do you feel like a hero yet? <laughs> I, I love that question. Yeah. It pointedly used the way it is here towards him. Yep. Yeah. Please come that in. That is, I, I might argue, like the most important line in the game, except for because that's to you. That's a yes. that's a fourth hero, but, that's a fourth yes. wall break, though. Yeah, there, that's a question posed to the player. Scene. Well, yeah. this this line also appears on loading screens. Mm -hmm. uh, if you oh, die yeah, or have to reload the game or whatever. Screens, yeah. I, I did die a couple yeah. times, so yeah. Yeah, so yeah. you want to do that, Sam, real quick? The messages uh, yeah. that come up on loading screens? Basically, just the loading screens uh, have it. And, you know, I should I should have looked some up in the first place to actually, yeah. Uh, the loading screens at, well, first, at first what they often do in yeah. video games. Just like, hey, push this button to reload. Yeah, hey, push the A button to glass. open doors. Yeah, yeah if, right. if you see some sand behind some glass, <laughs> yeah. you can shoot it. And then that might help, you know. And then slowly yeah. over time, uh, it starts getting a lot more... Uh, ominous and mm. accusatory and weird instead of just telling you like you know eventually it starts doing like basically story questions like if the radio man now speaks for the 33rd then what happened to conrad uh rumors claim conrad is still alive and hiding somewhere in dubai stuff like that uh or def defines collateral damage uh <laughs> stuff like that Ooh. and mm. then that's a big one uh and, and then it starts getting weirder it's conrad he did it all of it. Uh, let's see. Uh, you are still a good person. Oh, that one cuts. Is an uncomfortable feeling you, you caused by holding two conflicting ideas simultaneously. There is yeah. no escape. If Lugo were still alive, he would likely suffer from PTSD. So really, he's the lucky one. Oh my uh, gosh. This oh is all gosh. your fault. Do you feel that's, like a hero yet? How many Americans have you killed today? To kill for yourself is murder. To kill for your government is heroic. To kill for entertainment <sighs> is harmless. Like, yeah, kill that's a, man, a good, that's a murderer, a good line. kill everyone, and you're a god. Like, there are so... Ooh. Yeah, it starts getting oh my weird and heavy and aggressive. Yeah. Uh, mm. and, and this is just coming up during the loading screens. That's not, you know... It, it's just another meta thing, right? It's It starts coming at you from places that you never would have expected it to yeah Jeez, yeah man. so yeah that Crazy. line in particular is one that i remember the do you feel like a hero yet coming yeah. from mm -hmm. the loading screens right so yeah. um now that you're here i want to ask you a question what did you think when you arrived in dubai when you'd seen what i had done did you think it was the work of a madman yeah i thought you'd lost your goddamn mind or i hoped that that's what happened oh yes that would have made things easier love this but I wasn't that lucky. Uh, we often do this, right? We often assume, again, things in order to, to make them easier to kind of like, yeah. whether it makes our opponents look dumber or whatever. Right. Like, I, I'm going to assume that this is the context or, or the and reality there's situation. There's no rational because, reason why they yeah, would have done that. Yeah. Because then it'll be easier for me yep. to validate my point of view, right? Yeah, uh, we do it with mental illness specifically a lot with this, you know, like, oh, that person was just crazy. You know, we do we yeah. do that with, with right. school shooters, with dictators, with politicians. We don't like, you know, we don't want to oh, actually course. think about, like, the various things that contributed to the actions they took or to think right. about the fact that maybe they did do it lucidly, even if yeah. it's so horrific we can't imagine it's, anyone choosing to do it like they did. But that's why. That's why we refuse. Crazy. Because yeah. if we can't imagine it, then that means that 
like that they're outside of our imagination even right that they're right. so far outside the bounds it um, takes more work to a lot of people it than to just exactly exactly for sure that's yeah, tough and i mean this applies to i mean just everybody does this this is not like you know we it's a practice i think uh, that we all engage in mm-hmm. in sort of like justifying or validating our worldviews or our beliefs, whatever they may be, mm. it's really easy to point at something and, 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 and interpret that in a way that makes it easiest for us to then validate what we're doing. Yeah. So Keep thinking what we already think. <laughs> right. Okay. So I wasn't that lucky to, to have been to crazy. Have been crazy. Right? Yeah, man. You sure about that? I assure you, I'm as sane as you are, Captain. So I like that <laughs> turnaround of, of that's a, almost of a, a backhanded accusation, right? Yeah. It's like not only am I not crazy, you're not either. Yeah, and you did everything you just did, totally sane and lucid. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I yeah. loved that sort of like double-edged comment from him there. No matter how hard I tried, I never could escape the reality of what happened here. That was my downfall. It's Conrad talking. Uh, and he's painting. He's painting the woman and the child who were yep. burned by the white phosphorus. By the white phosphorus. So he yeah. says, there, finished. Hope you like it. <laughs> what the hell is going on? Your mm. eyes are opening for the first time. It hurts, doesn't it? Go on. What do you think? And, and then he says to Conrad, Walker says to Conrad, you did this. No, you did. Your orders killed 47 innocent people. Someone has to pay for your crimes, Walker. Who's it going to be? And that's when he kind of disappears behind yeah. the painting there. And this and is that's where, where the mirror, John, is yeah. that you, you tell me I'm done playing your games, John. I assure you this is no game. And you walk forward and find the corpse, the of chair, John yep. comrade there, right? He's been dead the whole time. Yep. It seems that reports of my survival have been greatly exaggerated. This is impossible. <laughs> oh, I assure you it is. How? Not how. Why? You were never meant to come here. And then it flashes back to, we have our orders leave the city radio command from outside the storm wall. They send in the cavalry. We go home. Right. Like this, this is kind of to Beardmo's point a little bit. And, and, and part of the reason why I, I struggled with the, the setup of the scenario of the game. I really liked the back half of it more than the first half because I just could not parse why Walker would do this with, with a three man team (laughs) (laughs) when the orders were, okay, we just, we just, we just confirmed there are people here. They're going to send in a huge like army or cavalry to come fix this. Why would you, unless you're just, like you said, desperate for, for recognition, hero status, whatever, what, and I guess that leads to further damning Walker for what he did. Like, mm-hmm. instead of following the orders and doing what's safest for everybody involved and what logically makes the most sense and has yeah. the highest chance of success, no, I'm going to go in with a three-man team and, like, do this <laughs> impossible yep. task and, like, come out of this, you know, I don't know, it's just crazy. But This is another one of those things that, like, and again, I don't want to assign intentionality to everything that could be considered a flaw in this game because that would be overkill. (laughs) But this is something that I do think is very intentional because like that line, that concept is kind of supposed to go in one ear and out the other. Like Mm. as a gamer going into it with the typical mindset, especially back then, especially for this genre, like you're going to do what the game is telling you to do. You're going to move yes. forward. That's what you're going to do. You're not necessarily paying that close attention to the details of exactly what's going on. 
right. that like this moment here is supposed to be like a hey remember that because you because mm-hmm. you don't you forgot it actually so completely i really isn't that I really one of the messages it. on the loading screens too is do you even remember what you're doing here <laughs> yeah that was i, one of I them. think yep. that's one of them yeah it's, it's a really yeah, good yeah. one do you even remember why you're doing this or why you're here and i yeah. think you're right like mm-hmm. that line basically underscores that question and I think most players probably didn't remember it, and, yeah, and so bringing it here, yeah, no, because yeah. and it, it's a video game. You, the the objective is to get to the waypoint and kill everyone in All between. The way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's a game. You don't you don't need to worry about objectives in a game, right? right. <laughs> so then he says, "What happened here was out of my control, was it? None of this would have happened if you just stopped, but you marched, but on you marched, and for what? Well, we tried to save you." You're no savior. Your talents lie elsewhere. And this is where it flashes back to all the sort of like yeah. flashpoint choices that you made. Okay. Did yeah. you shoot Riggs in the head or let him burn? It'll show that. It'll show whether you fired into the crowd of the mob of people or not. Right. That, that kind of all like flashes right there. This isn't my fault. <laughs> it takes yeah. a strong man to deny what's right in front of him. And if the <laughs> truth is undeniable, you create your own. And this is where he started yep. creating his own. The whole phantom of conrad in the first place was where he began to create like his own reality is this where we see the flashback of the radio yeah but this happens over, there there's no batteries the fact that the two um soldiers that were hanging were just dead corpses they weren't actually alive yeah. like a bunch of stuff right the truth is walker that you are here because you wanted to feel like something you're not a hero i'm here because you can't accept what you've done it broke you And then you see the battery. You know, I took note of that. The battery was not in the radio. You needed someone to blame, so you cast it on me, a dead man. I know the truth is hard to hear, Walker, but it's time. You're all that's left, and we can't live in this lie forever. This is where he points a gun. I'm going to count to five, then I'm pulling this trigger. You're not real. This is all in my head. Are you sure? Maybe it's in mine. And this is the mirror, right? Where we don't see him unless we look in the mirror. Right. Then we see him. Yes. That's saying something deep. Yes. Uh, So one, no, everything, all this was your fault. If that's what you believe, then shoot me too. I didn't mean to hurt anybody. I loved this. This was my favorite line of the whole game right here. These two. I didn't mean to hurt anybody. The, The sincerity of the... Yeah. performance on that line I thought was especially potent. Hmm. I did not mean to hurt anybody. And he says, no one ever does, Walker. Hmm. Three. And that, I think, points to, for That's me, rough. the real point of what we're getting at. Yeah. About making assumptions. You're you're doing this for what you believe are all the right oh, reasons. good cause, yeah. You, you're totally well-intentioned, but you're totally misinformed. You are not qualified to yeah. do what you're doing. And you're doing it out of a sense of, well, I know what's right. My moral compass, I know that I, and this, we see this all right. the time. It, it, like we talked about earlier with, with public discourse and the way people argue with each other and, and, and justify the demonizing yeah, of their yeah. fellow uh, you know, citizens of your own country or whatever in, in political debates hmm. because you know you know your moral compass is the right one. Right. And so your well-intentioned uh, attempts to get involved and to make change or whatever can often lead to a lot more harm than you realize you're capable of. And you never meant to hurt anybody. 
but no one ever does, Walker. Right. I almost and it can, doesn't justify it. Yeah, I almost can imagine that line being delivered in court in front of a jury to somebody who has killed however many people he's killed. Many, most of them, maybe maybe not most, many of them being completely innocent civilians. And it's like you know, <laughs> I, I can just almost see it. Like this person killed like three hundred people. Yes, a lot of them were innocent. Completely inhumanely, and he's standing up on the stand next to the judge, and he's saying, "But I didn't mean I to. didn't mean to hurt anyone." <laughs> and just like as a juror, just like you got your little notepad, and you're just like, "What?" Like, <laughs> like, but we were with him every step of the way, right? Now, yeah. as a game player, we knew we were getting a war game. We're going to go kill people. But when you watch it happen, right? Those, those first people he shoots, and then the decision to keep going. Every it's almost like the the metaphor of the the slow boiling pot of water yeah. with the frog in it, right? You can't that turn it up too much because the frog will jump out. But if you slowly turn up the heat, yeah. the frog will slow just boil. kind of just slowly boil and die, and it won't realize what's happening. That's sort of how the game does it you know some people may argue whether it's perfectly effective in that or not but it, it at least gives you some rationale to keep going at yes. any point and say yes. they shot at us first we found a dead american we didn't find an alive american well like the point was to find alive americans uh, we found a dead american who seemed like he'd recently died so he was alive recently but he's not an alive american should we keep going until we find an alive American, uh, which means we've got to shoot people? Oh, no, there's a live American. Oh, he shot at us, so we killed him. Now what's going on, right? The way they slowly turn up the temperature um, leads to that kind of justification, right? So we were with him, and we can sort of see through Walker's eyes how this all happened, right? Yeah. Uh, but just imagine being a juror in a, in a court case and hearing somebody on the stand say that. Sure. It's just like, just bewildering. Yeah. So this is where you have... A couple choices, um, and it, it, it'll result in several different endings. So we'll try to walk through all these. Mm, One, yeah. you can shoot, um, you can shoot Conrad, which is essentially just a denial of all of this. And yeah. his line is, "It takes a strong man to deny what's in front of him." Right? Uh, <laughs> and and Walker's response, "Stronger you really? than you were." And he's like, "Whatever you say, Walker. No matter what happens next, don't be too hard on yourself. Even now, after all you've done, you can still go home. Lucky you." Yeah, and so this will lead. But into, you shoot the mirror, right? Yeah, it, it crashes, and it breaks the mirror. Yeah, the mirror collapses, which is your 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 reflection of yourself. Yeah. Anyways, you anyways it, you just yeah. re-enter back into the unconscious. The it, it could yeah. be seen as denying this, but it could also be seen as killing the part of Walker that is, you know, the hallucination essentially. That's the true. Part of him that's yeah. making up excuses. So he um, is still mm. accepting what happened, but it's like. He's not going to shoot himself there. He's going to accept that and go home and with and that. just and never never sleep at night for the rest of his life. Essentially, if you make the yeah. same choice Conrad did, just that yes. you can't live with yourself and you're going to stop because yeah. of that, or do now, you you know accept what you've done and continue on. Was it clear so, how how Conrad choice. died? Uh, I think did he, Conrad kill him? Shot himself. I right? thought so too. He takes the gun. He yes. takes the gun out of his hand. hand so Conrad, course. we see Conrad's choice when faced with this exact same dilemma. And yeah. he yeah. shot himself. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Out on okay. the balcony overlooking the destruction that he yep. couldn't stop and also helped perpetuate. <laughs> right, exactly. Mm. So that that ending, well, that leads into two, again, m other possible things. So in the epilogue, um, there's some soldiers that come and arrive because... Uh, Walker puts out a distress signal. Hey, 
this is Captain Walker. I, I'm, yeah. I'm requesting immediate evacuation. S- similar um, to Conrad's message, right? Very similar. In yeah. fact, there's a there's a really good bookend kind of line yeah. here. Yes, oh, a, a really, really good, good bookend line here because Conrad's message ended with death toll too many. Too many. And then he says, um, survivors. survivors, one too many. One too many. Or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, so anyway, so. they come in to save him, and you can either drop your weapon and go with them, mm-hmm. which leads to some pretty good lines. Uh, so That's right. You could, you could, yeah, that's right, because you, they, they're about to shoot you because you're holding a weapon, and right. you're all, and you're all kind all of, of sort of hallucinating a little bit, yeah, right? Dazed or, or not responding or whatever to their yeah. This is my other favorite choice, and for similar reasons as the other one, like, at, at this, there is no, you know, press this button to drop your weapon, press this weapon to attack everyone or whatever. It's just that yeah. you will do one or the other. You can go exactly. forward and you know, not attack anyone, just allow this to, to end. Or you can go like, well, there's a shooter. Those are targets. Here we go. Right. Did you learn anything or not? Because once again, these are American soldiers coming to pick you up. Now, in a typical video game like Call of Duty, American soldiers means, oh, this is great. Mm-hmm. But you've been fighting American soldiers whole this whole time. And when a troop of American soldiers shows up to you, uh, it's almost like your first reaction is, oh, yeah, yeah, we kill these guys, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because first of all, who's to say these are the reinforcements? These could be more of the thirty-third people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So if you hand the gun over, um, they—they're basically saying, you know, we 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 drove through this whole city. We saw some crazy stuff. Like, yeah. if you don't mind me asking, how did you survive? And his line in response is, mm-hmm. "Who said that I did? Who said that I did?" Which I thought was really great. You know, he's going to have to go live with what he did. Like you said, he's yeah. he's shot and shattered the illusion. The false sort of like right. stories put in his mind and now he's going to go home and live with that or, or bear the yeah. burden of that right the Honestly, other way this line is a lot of the reason i don't really like the he was dead the whole time ending because yes, i yes, feel like yes. he keeps this line a lot i agree like, true. It, it, I this agree. is so much more meaningful as like i will never escape what i did here than it is it's like oh he was dead you know yeah <laughs> it's, it's, that's, it's, that's, that's kind of cheap to me this <laughs> particular good. ending which i do like a lot makes no sense if he died in the helicopter crash. Yeah, it just yeah. makes none at all. Um, some of the other endings, I think, work just fine if he died in the helicopter crash. But this one, which I think is a really strong ending, does not work at all. So I, that, I think this would be the best. And, and again, maybe, you know, we, 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 as we learned, they were forced, their hand was forced into making the helicopter crash be the first thing in the game. That's the whole reason for this debate on whether he's alive or not in the first yeah, place. Yeah. But maybe this was more along the lines of what the original ending was, and they, they, they kept it in there because it's really strong. <laughs> but it doesn't necessarily make sense if he's supposed to have died, right? Yeah, that, that's um, that's the thing, and why I'd approach that the way I do, just because, like, it, it seems fairly clear to me that the game wasn't... Well, I mean, we know for a fact, for one, but, like, also just the evidence of the game itself... Uh, it wasn't made for that. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that was a reaction. It was done, you know, after everything else in response to something. And, you know, I, I think that the game reads perfectly solidly without it. Yes. Um, okay. The other thing you can do here is shoot at the soldiers and they kill you, which leads to him having a memory of um, a conversation you have with Conrad about there's a certain line we have to cross. And if, if we're lucky, we then die at that point. Um, but yeah. you can also, if you're good enough at the game, actually take out the whole unit. Really? Yeah. Then and why? so then he gets on he gets on the radio 
Walker does. Mm-hmm. And he says, welcome to Dubai, gentlemen, to the other U.S. soldiers. So he basically becomes Conrad 2.0, yes, literally, of course. in that end. Wow. So those are the three variations if you go that way. You shoot Conrad in the mirror. The, the other two things you can do is either wait till the count of five, where Conrad then asks, is this really what you want? He gives you even more time to think, and then he shoots yeah. you, and then you see um, Walker dead, and you get that line from Conrad's distress signal message, you know, survivors, um, or, or death toll too many. Or you can shoot Walker, who he ends up putting the gun and shooting himself, and yeah. it leads to the same ending. So those are all the different endings. I think we've gone through everything yeah. here. Let's um, let's read a couple comments and, and respond to some things here. Um, oh, which preferred ending? <laughs> no, I don't know if I have a preferred ending in this case. I mean, I, it's all the one pretty... that's the happiest one for Walker, I guess. <laughs> like where he goes back, and I don't know. I mean, I like that because he's accepting responsibility. Yes. Know. Yes. Instead Which is, of just dying. Acceptance is, uh, is always a theme that yeah. I like. I think it's just such an important thing to learn to do in life. Um, to not like, you know, this, this whole game is basically a warning of that. It's like, accept. Accept or it. Or else if you keep denying it, you'll just dig a dig bigger, bigger, hole, bigger yeah. in a hole for yourself, right? So he comes out of the hole through the elevator, finally accepts everything, and then yeah. he just has this crap to live with He forever. has to live with that. I, I, yeah. So I like Which is the best. End, but. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so now I want to jump into a sentiment that was shared by two um, commenters in particular, Wild Matsu and also Tiago Alves Souza. They, they said similar things, so I'm only going to read the one from Wild Matsu, but this was something I, I just really in particular wanted to respond to. Um, he says, I don't particularly think Spec Ops The Line is a well-written game, and I don't think its message is particularly intelligent or insightful. It's an interesting game, but I think it's a game that does not do a particularly good job making the points it tries to make. Over and over again, you allude to the common criticism of the game, that it makes you do bad things and blames you for doing bad things. I don't think it does, but okay. You don't try to explain why this criticism is wrong. I thought we did, but we'll do it more thoroughly now. I feel like that's also something to do now. Yeah, like I feel like we were kind of saving the real rebuttal after the end. Yeah. (laughs) The criticism is not wrong, but even if it was, the mere fact that criticism is so common goes a long way to prove that the game is bad at making this point. Now, this is one thing I can extend an, a little bit of an olive branch on on this point. And, and I, I alluded to this earlier. I think that its attempt to weave the meta with the fictional, literal what's happening in the game can lead to some confusion on this point. And I, I, I believe that people have sort of latched onto the meta in a very, very literal way that mm-hmm. I don't believe was intended. Hmm. So I, I think that there's a little bit of uh, the criticism punching at a, at a, at a phantom here, like uh, fighting against a point that was never actually there. Hmm. Right. Um, so that's one point to, of it. I think I have to reject the idea that if it didn't work for a lot of people, that means it wasn't good yeah like i i just don't really think mm. that's how art works but i also think that in especially this case, not critical art right and i definitely especially not in a case like this where like a lot of the point was to uh to be to provoke essentially like this is supposed to make you feel uncomfortable even 
upset or frustrated. And that kind of thing is often something that happens in really good art, but it's also something that makes it so a lot of people will not connect with it or will not be able to yeah. accurately process it. And I don't think that makes it worse. So, no. yeah, I, I I don't know. I just, I, I think that's a false premise personally, but... I think that um, if this, if one of the goals of this game is to be critical of the most popular game in the world <laughs> and to try to trick the people who like that game into playing your game and then to reflect on themselves, <laughs> a lot of people are not going to like that. Yeah. Like they're just not going to like that. And you are, you are asking for a negative response if that's one of your goals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but you just kind of have to be okay with that and say, okay, a lot of people aren't going to like this, but we're doing it anyways. Let me right. uh, finish the comment here. You say yeah. the game isn't t t talking to players who are looking for an alternate to use the white phosphorus. So I want to clarify this point because there was two people who said this. Um, what I meant when I said that this game isn't necessarily talking to you was not as the thinking oh, player, this game isn't for you, right? Mm, like this right. game is, is right. not... Uh, it, 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 this was made for the 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 non-thinking shooter people who just want to have. I'm not saying that the game itself is there is therefore like no longer meaningful or insightful to the thinking person. What I'm saying is is that when the game says, "Do you feel like a hero yet?" and points this sort of accusatory finger, which I don't think is really an accusatory finger. It's just a, a, a pointed, um, I think, clever sort of sentence that's made meant to make you think again an invitation to think about this on a deeper level hmm. that that they're not pointing to you the thinking person who tried to look for every possible way to not use white phosphorus and say do you feel like a hero yet hmm. that's not what they're saying they're not that that's the, the the they said over and over again in all of the developer quotes that we read that they were kind of hoping people would come into this thinking it was going to be mindlessly yeah. a mindless sort of yeah. typical military shooter game. Yeah, and and and, and he brings. I, I want to read the rest of it because this will lead into my next point. Too bad those people are the only ones who played the game. He's saying the 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 thinking players, <laughs> the hypothetical Call of Duty fan who is mindlessly playing. Um, Spec Ops: The Line after work doesn't exist because none of those people bought it. The game was exclusively bought and played by people like you and me who heard it was a brutal deconstruction of war shooters and played it to see how it, uh, how it did that and how it, and how it does it is this. It railroads you into doing bad things and screams at you through the fourth wall over how terrible the things you did are. I played this game years and years ago, long before it was featured on the podcast. I didn't like it then, and the series has not changed my mind on it. The game tells you you could have stopped at any point. This is false. You are never given an, an, an option to turn around, abort the mission, or do anything meaningfully different. Thus, the only possible interpretation you could have stopped at any time is you could have turned the game off. In fact, when I explained why I did not like this game on forums years ago, I had fans of the game tell me exactly that. I'm sorry, hmm. but when a game's message is you should not play this game, the game's story is fundamentally broken at its core. I'm not saying it's not interesting, but it's broken and refutes its own point. When there's such a deep contradiction at work of, in a work of art, it loses the ability to comment on anything external to itself. He follows with another comment. I just typed this comment before I got to the part where Kaysen says you could have turned the game off. The fact that this <laughs> podcast repeats that tired refrain only proves my point for, further. 
when it comes down to it, defenders of this game cannot help but fall back on a you shouldn't have played this game. When a game's most ardent defenders are all in agreement you shouldn't play it, I don't think it's a particularly hard choice. I, now, I would like to say I am not in agreement on that, but we'll go get for to it. it. Well, why don't you start with a response to that, if you want? Oh, there's a lot, but okay. Um, <laughs> to that specific point, I think that it is a common refrain because it is like an interesting, easy point to make, both right. in favor of the game and against it. But I don't think that... I think that if you're saying that that is like a major point of the game or that it is a literal thing the game is saying, that you that we're missing something there. We're focusing on the wrong thing. Because the idea is not that we shouldn't have played the game. The idea is that opting into the experience is essentially just that our role is participatory. It's not literally yeah. saying you shouldn't play the game. It is saying by playing this game, there is a degree of complicity. That's not something right. that means that you should turn it off. It's also not something that means that you are responsible for the bad things that happen in the game, but you do have to accept that you are choosing to do this. And, and there is always about why. <laughs> right. There is always a choice, right? That's just to repeat right. that line, but go ahead, keep yeah. going. That, that's just the thing. I, I think that the idea, because obviously when Conrad says like, none of this would have happened if you just stopped, that is canonically true of Walker in the story. And that's important. But I think that the meta commentary there isn't to say, hey, you, the player should have stopped playing the game. It's just to bring attention to the fact that that you, you could participating <laughs> in it, yeah. that, that that is a choice that you were making. And it does not want you to not make that choice, but it wants you to be aware of the fact that you are making that choice and to well think put. about why. I like that. that, that that's yeah. just in general, I think, a lot of what this game is doing. It's not trying to say, hey, you chose to do bad things in the game and that's a problem. It's saying you are playing this game and there are reasons why you're playing it. I think that I said before, basically, that it's just a game that refuses to hold up its end of the bargain. It doesn't say that you're a great guy doing a great job for shooting all the guys. It It is, I suppose, on some level fundamentally broken because it intentionally doesn't do the thing that a game story is supposed to do and tell you that you're doing a great job and that this is what you should have done. It patently refuses to do that. It does the opposite. Yeah. And that is mm. not how most game stories work, but I don't think that it's a flaw. It's mm. it's intentional. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's just for the uh, could have turned it off thing. There's a lot more there, but we'll get to okay. it. Okay. <laughs> uh, do you have any no, responses no. or anything? I don't. Not at the moment. Other okay. than like, I accept the you know, the idea, the the critique of that maybe that's not the best critique is fine. You know, you don't have to give much weight to that critique if you don't like it. That being said, there is always a choice. Yeah. You never don't have a choice. So here were some of my thoughts on this as I was thinking about things this last couple of weeks. Hmm. So first of all, I, I really, really, really don't believe that the game developers actually wanted you at some point no. to turn the game off and stop playing. No. So if people are using that as a defense of the game, well, well, you should have just stopped playing it, I think that that misses the point just as hard as going the other way that, oh, they, they made me do bad things and then screamed at me about how bad I am. Totally, yeah. yeah. Um, 
I, I don't think they're doing that, first of all. I don't think they're telling you you're a bad person. I know you're going to bring up the specific lines, do you feel like a hero yet? Um, all those things that, that yeah. are, again, very pointed in, in like the, the, the little written portions of the, the loading screens. Yeah. But the I, lines I, about being a hero are way more important and central, I think. But sorry, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I really don't think that those were done in a spirit of trying to play, place guilt on the player for having played the video game. No. This is where I think the meta message and the, the literal story of Walker uh, mesh in a way to, to where maybe there's a, a, a kind of a blurred area here. Walker was the bad person who should feel guilty about his actions. Mm -hmm. Yes. Not the player for participating and playing the game. But it, in a game, the player identifies with right. the character yes. as right. he should. Yeah, as, and that, as that, one should. But that is an, an exercise like we secondary. all understand is one that is without like real world blame yes. or, or guilt or something like that. Yeah. Until right. we find out in the future we were all in Ender's Game and this actually all. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry. I don't want to. Never mind. I'll, I'll, I'll delete that one. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I can see why someone. It's not like it's totally without merit. Right. To yeah. have read a line like that and be like, why are you blaming me for something you made me do? Because I played the game. <laughs> I'm not saying yeah. that it's totally without merit to have read it that way. Yeah. But I also think in light of what the game's getting at here w with the story of Walker and everything we've talked about, which I think is the more important point, when you really believe that you've got it all figured out, and and really you have you really have no idea which mm. is most people yes <laughs> <laughs> like most people are Sadly. not nearly as well informed as they think they are no, i don't totally. care again i don't care where you land ideologically right. most people just are not aware we get our information from second third sources we right. were never actually there in person and witnessed it yeah. so we are we are subject to receiving this information from biased sources and it's very very hard to filter through that so you know when we become so convinced that we've got it figured out and we know what's going on and we make choices, particularly choices of this magnitude, yeah. the life and death of other people or, or uh, yeah. choices that are in that ballpark of severity uh, of the impact they will have, you can cause a lot more harm than you intend to when, when you're certain that you're doing the right thing and when you're doing it for your own sort of advancement or glory or, uh, or, or praise in the end, right? Mm -hmm. When that's really what you're doing it for, not for the reason you'll give, which is to save lives or to help people or whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. It's very easy to get caught up in that. It's very easy to make assumptions about a situation when you first come into it. Be like, oh, I know what's going on here. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and then you just start making mistake after mistake after mistake. Yeah. And what you should do in that uh, situation is pull back. Withdraw and wait for reinforcements. Yes. <laughs> and wait for more context. Yes, exactly. And, and or make an attempt at least right. before you start taking action to get a better view of what's going on. Right. Ask questions. Yeah. So reconnaissance. Yeah. That's like really at the heart, I feel, of what's going on. And so once you've made those mistakes, then do you... What, what is in human nature 
to then justify and continue to validate and, and partake in what we all fall victim to is, is the fallacy of sunk costs. We yeah, think yeah. the more we put into something, we've got to make it work. Got to keep going. And at some point, you've got to be able to step back and say, it's not worth it anymore. This is actually doing way more harm than good, and I need to accept that and move on. That's yeah. what the game's about. <laughs> so the fact that this meta-narrative, which is also part of it, which is posing questions about violence in games and how we use it as a reward. And like you talked about in your video, the white phosphorus being a perk in a <laughs> Call of Duty multiplayer, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just, I think the invitation here is just, let's just think about that for a second. I don't yeah. think it's making a declaration of any kind that this is wrong, Call of Duty shouldn't be made anymore, there should no longer be violent video games. It's not making anything so concrete as that. Yeah. As much as it is just putting you in a situation where this, in this game's case, this is extremely harmful. And what mindset did you come into this with? And maybe you should think a little bit more about that. Right. And, and you know, maybe started a dialogue and discussion in the gaming community as, as developers and as consumers. You know, how should we treat violence in games going forward? Should we, should we be this frivolous about it? Um, is there a level of desensitization happening? I believe there is. And I tell you, I'm mm -hmm. the last person to accept this idea that video games cause violent behavior. Violence, yeah. I, I would never, I have always fought against that. I don't believe it's true. So I'm, I'm not even saying that. I'm saying, but there is a certain level of desensitization to oh, violent sure. images yeah. that has happened for me where yeah. it just doesn't bother me anymore. Like there was a certain number of people, even the comments were like, that image you used as the thumbnail, right? And I was like, oh, it's just a corpse. I, I, you know, but the, <laughs> that, that, that's, the that's the point. Yeah. The point yeah. that my mind is like, it's a military shooter. Of course, there's a corpse in the game. It's not that bad of an image. It's pretty normal, right. for, particularly for this genre <laughs> and that sort of thing. Or people, I mean, Mortal Kombat has been super, super controversial <laughs> from the beginning about yes. how, but Mortal Kombat's a completely silly game. It's, yeah, it's not silly. And, and the gore and all of that, you know, but the point is that's still a level of desensitization that's happening. And, you know, you have people bring up all the time the way that we treat sexual content in mm. movies and games and books and the way that people fight so hard against that. But like mm. violence is almost very, very rarely is it's it something more. that people, it's so accepted as yeah. part of uh, entertainment value. Mm. And since again, since, uh, since Roman times. <laughs> yeah. And again, this is not meant to say we should stop doing that. It's right. just a, an invitation to think about it differently and to approach maybe the way you think about this differently. I don't think, I really, really don't. And, and I know this because we read an interview with the guy who said it, <laughs> <laughs> that they wanted you to feel guilty for what they made you do in the game. Right. I think that is a really, really wrong way to look at this. Hmm. And getting defensive about it, I, I, I just, I, I don't see how, I, I, and this is maybe a failing on my part. Maybe somebody will comment and, and give further <laughs> clarification. But I just don't really see how anyone could, I, I, it blows my mind that people are taking that away from this. Hmm. Uh, it's a story about a person who did bad things. Right. And in order for it to make its point, the person has to do the bad things. The fact that it's a, it's an interactive story. It's a game. Right. So yeah. yeah, you are by proxy doing it. You are by proxy doing it, but not 
in the way in which you're supposed to feel guilty, but no, just in the way it's where, just oh, the story. I participate in this level of simulated violence all the time. Yeah. And I don't really think about it as it being a big deal. Right. And, and maybe it's not a big deal. That's not the point either. The point is just just consider it. <laughs> <laughs> just consider think about it. Consider for a second. And if you're done thinking about whether it, Whether or great. not, like, uh, we have desensitized ourselves too much to violence in games. Hmm. And, and using them as rewards, is that necessarily always the right move? Should we treat this with more respect? Should we, you know, put more weight on that? That's all I, I believe that they're asking you to do here. I don't this, think, go ahead. Uh, this is just always a fun subject to get into, especially now, because I think that, speaking of defensiveness, that there is exists within video game culture currently and has for quite a while now um, a kind of spirit of defensiveness. And on some level, I get it. Like when I was growing up and really starting to understand video games as an art form, we had people like Jack Thompson trying to literally ban video games with American, with, through the American legal system by claiming that they, you know, inspired and even trained people for mass shootings. Like there, there was a real common sense that a lot of us grew up with that you know, there were a lot of these people not only saying that video games were inherently harmful, but actively trying to get them censored because yeah. of that. Yeah. And what we have had more recently is that as video games have matured as a medium and been more accepted culturally, we have begun to apply the same kind of critical theory and examination that we do to, you know, literally every other art form that exists. And as that has happened, we do the same thing that happens with all those art forms is we start uncovering some cultural problems, some stereotypes, some tendencies, some harmful tropes, things like that. And someone can come out and say, hey, a lot of video games treat women in this very specific kind of sexist way, and maybe that's not great. And what a lot of us gamers hear is video games will make you sexist and we need to ban them. And that's yeah, not what's being right. said at right. all right right but that is how it is that's how it's often received because of that defensiveness i think that we have as a culture that we as gamers have pretty drastically failed to adjust our approach to criticism of our medium as it has shifted from a bunch of outside people saying that games are bad and should be banned to a bunch of inside people saying i love these and here's how i think they could improve yeah. And so it is so important to note what you were saying about how like Spec Ops is not sitting here saying, hey, violence in video games is bad. You're a bad person for enjoying it and you should never play any game with violence in it. It is approaching it with an understanding that art affects the people who experience it, which is yeah, not a controversial statement. That is no, like no. That's the a, point. <laughs> yeah, like it's basically just, a, you know, we study art for precisely that reason. We make art for precisely that reason. Art and tells you is, a lot about uh, culture. Yeah. yeah and it sure. is simply asking us to consider. Honestly, I think that it comes back to like Heart of Darkness and stuff. Like all of these stories have this supposition, like sure, the place 
that is being gone to in these stories, whether it's, you know, the depths of Vietnam during the war, or the depths of the Congo or whatever, are used as, like, you know, a metaphor for your, your own darkness, but it is your own darkness. These places do not infect you with evil. It is in us. And yeah, there are scenarios in which it is brought out. And starting with Apocalypse Now, when war started becoming part of it, there's an element of, like, these people have to touch and control that darkness. They cannot avoid it. They have to do it because that is what they do. They are killing people. They have to do that. And that irrevocably changes them and damages them. And so it feels like what Spec Ops is doing is sort of expanding that to like, yeah, this is not going to turn you into a, a killer. But you are touching that darkness on some level and you're doing so carelessly. Yeah. like just for fun without thinking about it without considering it or considering why and that there's nothing wrong with touching that darkness it's an important thing for all of us to understand about ourselves and something that well, we do often have to come you know, in a lot with, of ways i think maybe be mindful about it yeah I, I i think in a lot of ways simulating touches with that darkness are actually healthy oh yeah it's okay. a healthy way to approach doing it yeah a healthy way to engage with some of that and you know to to make decisions yeah. about okay how do I deal with that? How do I integrate that in a healthy way, right? Yeah. So video games can be a very healthy way for you to touch on some of that, you know, like violent tendencies and things like that. And, and yeah. again, it might need to be guided for some people, but like coming to terms with the fact that, that this exists inside of you and how do I deal with that in a healthy way? So yeah. again, I, I really don't think well, I won't repeat myself on that. I don't think <laughs> that they were trying to make you uh, feel like a horrible person for playing the game. Yeah. They were trying to point out that what Walker did was horrible, but he did so without meaning to hurt anybody. And this is something we can easily do. So we're touching on something and participating in it in a way that shows us we're all as average people capable of this kind of thing when we mm -hmm. don't consider that maybe we don't know everything that's going on. Right, yeah. Right? Yeah. We got to be careful about that. That's what it's trying to say. And you, know? you are touching on, I think, another one of the main, like I, I kind of implied this, but I skirted around it. And so even though it might make some people mad, I'm just going to say it, that that reaction of like, oh, the game is criticizing me for doing the things they told it to, that is an emotional response. Yeah. It's not a critical one. And like yeah. emotions are valid, but they are not always indicative of the actual like truth of what's going on and in this case i absolutely think that that's an emotional response that is not accurately thought through the since we see you know project ourselves onto the protagonist of a game onto the player character when the game criticizes walker and also in no uncertain terms suggests that it's criticizing us too we assume that we are being criticized for the same things Walker's being criticized yes. for. Yes. Oh, that's a good and point. We're not. Like, no, that's, that's a very just good point. Not what the game is saying. Now, yeah. ironically, if the game did give us a choice to do less evil things, then that would be what the game is saying. Absolutely. We would have made those choices or not. Because it's, it's an actual not. choice. Yeah. Huh. Walker is being criticized for the choices he made, for the things that he did. We're not, the game is not taking issue with us for playing along on that. The game is taking issue with the way that we theoretically entered this expecting that we were going to 
do the, that the game was going to guide us through doing the right thing, murdering people in a way that was good, and then was yeah. going to congratulate us for it. And when it didn't do that, yeah, I mean, that we should feel uncomfortable, even angry, like, I get it. But I think that we then assume that the game is saying that the thing that we did wrong is the same thing Walker did wrong, and it's just no. not doing that. The yeah, game like does that. not want us to regret having played it it wants us to think more deeply which also gets to the whole um uh, like criticism about like you know oh well the game wasn't for you or whatever here's the thing spec ops wants the inattentive player to become more attentive yeah if yeah. you played this game and caught on to what it was doing then it's not that Spec Ops isn't for you, it's that Spec Ops wants you to be exactly what it turns out you already are. Yes. Like, yes. it is trying, it, it, it is advocating for more people to think about things in the way that you are thinking about it. And so it's true, it might not work as well for you in that case. It's very yeah. much kind of made with the assumption in mind that you will be coming at it the way your average gamer does. But that is not, I think that if it doesn't work as well for you, then that is something that uh, like it essentially means that you're already what the game wants you to be yeah. and like i don't know I, 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 I yeah i just think that's a way more accurate and positive way of thinking about it than like it wasn't for you if you didn't go through it without thinking <laughs> like yeah okay it, i don't know it wants all gamers to be like that it wants all yeah. of us to think more deeply about what we're playing and if you already yeah. did then cool the game isn't criticizing you then yeah. you know <laughs> like yeah. Okay. So there's just very two very quick things I want to say, and then we'll okay. we'll wrap up. Number one, um, it was on the point that he was making about you know nobody that you're talking about these inattentive played the game. Played the game. Yeah. Uh, I, I would like to see some numbers on that. That's a pretty strong claim to make. I mean, certainly um, after ten years, the only people that play it now are like people who heard that it was you know. Yeah, sure. But at the time it came out, I would assume a lot of people picked it up off the shelf at Blockbuster. For sure. Blockbuster still existed in 2012. <laughs> I think. I think it 2012. did. In which I case, that's say, what they were going for. To the extent that those people didn't play the game, that's not their fault, first yeah. of all. Yeah. I will, I will uh, say it is true that that, is, that was even early on part of why people play. Because, you know, it was, it was a pretty low-profile release. And a, yeah. lot of, like, a lot of people, myself included, first heard about it by uh, Yahtzee Croshaw's Zero Punctuation review, where he is pretty explicit about the fact that the game, you know, is, is what it is essentially. Yeah. So a lot of people did play it because they were curious about that. But I think that a lot of, for one, I think that a lot of people also didn't. Yeah. Um, yes, of course. And for two, I don't think that that, I, I, I don't think that a game needs to build itself around the circumstances of its future release. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't think they knew that's how that was going to go down. Sure. Like, right. I, I, I don't know. That seems like a weird expectation, but sorry. I think yeah. you to yeah. say. <laughs> but I was just going to say, like, it, it's it's easy when you're on forums and discussing games like this in this sort of intellectual manner to assume, like, the majority of people are like you. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I was watching videos on Spec Ops, uh, talk, you know, just trying to get, like, a beat on different scenes and see how they could have gone for choices I didn't make. And mm. there's a guy talking about how fun the game is. And he's just like, this is a really cool game. And he's just like, oh, you could do this. <laughs> I just shot him instead. And he's like, 
he's totally not getting it, right? <laughs> this is exactly who... Those people are still playing the game. <laughs> right. Those people are definitely still playing the game. And I would still yeah. think they're probably the majority of people who play yeah. the game. Those and people I'm, are I'm still st- playing a lot of games, too, for that matter. Like, yeah. that, that kind of mindless <laughs> approach is not gone by any yeah. stretch of the imagination. Right. right. I, I'm sure there are many people who played it who the whole freaking concept was lost on them. Yeah. And they, they just played it for fun. So... Uh, the anyway, I, I think that it, it's it's a little bit too strong a claim to say. Well, this was only bought by people like us. I'm not yeah. sure that that's true. Now, <clears throat> last thing I'm going to say, and I, I think this is really important to say. Um, I do not think that people who didn't think that the game landed well or didn't make its point well enough are uh, necessarily wrong. I, I do think there mm. are problems with. The fact that they railroaded you into the white phosphorus scene. These things, there are definitely things here that are valid points that people have made. Um, it's yeah. just that in the end, it was kind of like we were talking about, like, do the fade to white happen here? Is the he's dreaming now or he's hallucinating Right. Now? Was the execution All perfect? All of this, uh, the execution of this game is not perfect. Yeah, exactly. Means. Like, not even close. Yeah. I, I would say as a retelling of the story of uh, Heart of Darkness or something like that, it's the weakest of the iterations we talked about. Like, Apocalypse I would say now. Heart of yeah, yeah. Darkness and <laughs> Apocalypse Now were better yeah. tales of this kind. That, again, I'm not disparaging it. I think it's a very good game. But I do think there are execution points that people bring up that are valid. So I'm not trying to say you didn't enjoy the game, you didn't think it got its message across the right way, you're wrong for thinking that. All and I'm saying is... nothing the same for everyone either in the first sure, place. Like, yeah, sure, sure. That's just how that goes. But I th- what I think is wrong the part that I'm strongly, strongly opposed to in this criticism is that the game wants you to feel guilty like Walker is guilty, as you said. I just really don't think that that's what they're getting at. And people who are casting stones at that idea, you're casting stones at ghosts. Like, this was not, (laughs) this was never meant to be what you're supposed to take away from it, I don't think. And uh, anyway... So what's so frustrating about it is because I want to allow people to have their own opinions for that matter, it doesn't matter if I allow other people to have their own opinions. They're gonna like I don't. It's just gonna they don't need my permission. But yeah, 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 like, yeah. I don't want to disparage people for having different opinions. It's just that at the same time, a lot of the reasons stated are just not in good faith, or they're extremely yes. reductive. And that kind yes. of thing, like, I don't know. It's always important for me to understand why I think something that I think, and when I see a thought that. Is different from mine i'm like yeah that's valid but sometimes the reasoning just doesn't check out and i'm like i don't know about that and you know i guess that's what happens yeah. here like with the it, it's a guilt trip trying to make you feel bad thing that just yeah, that's not yeah, what yeah. the game is doing yeah right but, you'd have you'd have to take a pretty you'd have to assume like the worst about the developer's intentions to come to that conclusion and typically right. i don't i don't like to do that I, i'd rather <laughs> give them the benefit of the doubt that they did not in go into this maliciously with the right. with the intent to make you feel guilty for something that you clearly have no reason to feel guilty for, right? So and we'll it, just leave it at that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> just yeah. I don't. Sorry, Walt, Walt Williams has said enough that makes me that makes it just like clear that that's not the case. He said that Spec Ops wasn't a war story; it was a story of you and me. He talked story about of the you relationship exactly. between the developer and the player and stuff like that. This was an attempt to have a conversation in a way that is very inflammatory. Fair, but yeah an attempt to have a conversation in a way that most games don't. Most games put up the facades that make you get lost in them, and this one tore them down violently in front of your face, and I understand people having a bad reaction to that. It's disorienting, and 
maybe kind of frustrating and weird and uncomfortable, but I, I, I also think that it's very interesting and that it worked if you consider what it was actually trying to do instead of go, getting annoyed at what you kind of think immediately that it was trying to do. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, right. that's going to be it for this podcast, this series on Spec Ops. <sighs> Thank, Thank you, you Sam, everyone. for joining us. Yeah, Thank everyone for watching us. Go no, check I out his love channel. I talking about this game. I have so many boxes <laughs> about it, so, you know, obviously, <laughs> as you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, go check out Games is Lit on YouTube. A um, lot, of, lot of really good stuff. I also really loved the video I did on Final Fantasy VII a couple of years ago. I thought Thanks. that that was a really, really brilliant one. So we have a lot of people, Final Fantasy fans on this channel. Go watch that. Oh. I think it's a, yeah. a really, really good watch. So appreciate you again, man, and I'm sure we'll talk to you again in the future. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Okay. See everybody.